Warning! What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem! I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. Welcome to We're in Fear Day, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world! How are we doing, Zach? Uh, good. Great. Grant. Wonderful. So, good. what What do you want to talk about? Uh, monsters, madness, and mayhem, I believe, is... Have you, you know, have you, quote, fucked, quote, around the internet this past <laughs> week? Uh, this past week? Yeah. Not as much as normal. Oh, okay. Have you looked at up anything maybe that might interest you? Besides the topic you just we just discussed for last week's episode, uh, probably. Okay, I mean, yes, I just don't know off the top of my head. Because like certain, the, we've talked about certain things that are reoccurring themes in this podcast. I mean, uh, certain things are getting pretty wild. Perhaps with the uh, the UFOs, huh? Uh, maybe. Have you seen some things about that? Not recently. Oh, nothing. I don't of, think so. Of note. Nope. <laughs> I don't Good. think so, at least. Because I figured I was going to be sharing some things that might be um, eye-opening for listeners. Maybe not for you. Maybe. So you're in for... We're busy do, this week. We're going to do some... I was busy, and when I was dicking around the internet, I was looking up these things. So um, we're going to get into some... some uh, whoa, hello. We're going to get into some stuff. I like stuff. I was getting excited about the stuff. Sorry. Let me have some of this Hamtaro. Don't know why I've been calling it that these past two times, but that's. I don't even you. know what it's supposed to mean, other than hams, because I'm looking right at it. Ham Taro was like an anime about a hamster. Oh, okay. Like years ago, that I just remembered within the past forty-five minutes. Okay. Anyways, mm-hmm. well, if you haven't been paying attention, um, again, UFO is crazy stuff. Um, the like, honestly, like, I'm glad I like. I don't feel like I overdid it now. This I hope is I, good. I hope I over. I actually know what you're talking about, and I can just be like, "Oh yeah, this." Yeah, you idiot. <laughs> no, but anyways, it's still good. No, but I, I don't think I do. No, it's still good because I, I mean, basically, I'm pulling like some quotes and stuff. So if you haven't been paying attention, mm-hmm. um, as far as the uh, the UFOs go, which we've talked about before, the U UAP reports, um, mm-hmm. videos coming out, declassified. Um, you're gonna say decapitate. Decapitated. Nobody has been decapitated by a UFO. That I are you sure that that I know of was my the caveat there. Okay, all right. But if you haven't been paying attention, the gist is that a whistleblower backed by high-ranking and respected military officials has come out, and I'm summarizing crudely. Basically, he was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, we got the goods." Okay. The U.S. What? government mm-hmm. has. Uh, and this is just part of like many details. We're going to get into some quotes that I thought that, that stood out to me. Hopefully they stand out to you. That the U.S. government has 12 down non-human crafts and has an entire program dedicated to them and researching them at the most classified levels. You know anything oh, about okay. this? No, I don't think so. Oh, my God. Are you Okay. From the deep... Uh, sorry. I'm getting excited. Talking too fast. Had a couple hams. From the Debrief.com article written by Leslie Keene and Ralph Blumenthal titled, Intelligence Officials Say U.S. Has Retrieved Craft of Non-Human Origin. And yes, that is an amazing headline. Correct. Uh, This is from the article. David Charles Grush, 36, a decorated former combat officer in Afghanistan, is a veteran of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, NGA, and the National Reconnaissance Office, NRO, he served as a reconnaissance office's representative to the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force from 2019 to uh, 2021. From late 2021 to July 2022, sorry, too many dates. He was the NGA's co-lead for UAP analysis and its representative to the task force. I included all that to mainly say he's been in it. Mm-hmm. He's been in the thick of this stuff. 
Now, Grush says this information is being withheld from Congress, and uh, therefore us, naturally. The information we're about to talk about. He goes on to say when describing the crafts, they are, quote, of exotic origin, non-human intelligence, whether extraterrestrial or unknown origin, based on the vehicle morphologies and material science testing and the possession of unique atomic arrangements and radiological signatures. When someone who's been working in the government comes out and says these are of non-human origin, what is that supposed to mean? We People didn't build them. Correct. Non-human people. Mm-hmm. They have decided human people have not made these. Um, so who did? That's all why we kind of care, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. From that the debrief.com article a number of well-placed current and former officials have shared detailed information with me um the me in this case is christopher mellon um who served as deputy assistant secretary of defense for intelligence in the u.s intelligence community close to, to 20 years um that's the chris we're talking about so Chris said, regarding this alleged program, including insights into the history, governing documents, and the location where a craft was allegedly abandoned and recovered, Mellon said, however, it is a delicate matter getting this potentially explosive information into the right hands for validation. This is made harder by the fact that, rightly or wrongly, a number of potential sources do not trust the leadership of the all-domain anomaly resolution office established by Congress, A.D. Aro, Adaro, no, or Aro. The D is there's a hyphen, so it's A A R O R O. It's a whole thing they made. Sure, talk about these cool things. Mm-hmm. Now, no, this is uh, even at this point is a lot to take in, and there is a lot to get into. But I, again, like I told you before, I kind of want to hit you and people with quotes that made you know me go bug eyed mm-hmm. when I was just you know perusing the internet this past week because this was like a huge. It's just non-human what is this mm-hmm. okay well i live under a rock so no 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 but that's the rocks are sometimes the safest place to live mm-hmm. quote sure. that's what we'll go with the non-human intelligence phenomenon is real we are not alone retrievals of this kind are not limited to the united states this is a global phenomenon and yet a global solution continues to elude us these quotes are from Jonathan Gray, according to the article, a generational officer of the United States intelligence community with a top secret clearance who currently works for the National Air and Space Intelligence Center. Also, whenever I read these articles, I'm like, how many, you know, organizations or groups or offshoots do we have? Uh, uh, the alphabet soup. Yeah. Just a million so of them. So many. Mm-hmm. All right. We're anyways, uh, that abbreviation is NASIC, which is convenient because it's not too hard to remember but i'm not going to mention it again so here we go <laughs> where the analysis of, of uap has been his focus uh, previously he had experience serving private aerospace and department of defense special directive task forces okay that's the end of that quote i mean guys zach whatever is going on we can say it's weird right mm-hmm it's fairly reasonable for even the most skeptical person to be like, ah, that's kind of weird. It's kind of different. Mm-hmm. Why is this being talked about? Um, but why all this attempted, this apparent attempted transparency now? Well, things have been building, again, like we've talked about on this podcast, little bits and pieces, UAP reports, yada yadas, you know, the videos that have been declassified Tic-tac. and shown. The Tic Tacs. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a picture to show you that I forgot I had. Anyways. Is it a Tic Tac? Could be. And after the bipartisan legislation was passed this year, um, FY 2023 National Defense Authorization Act that like had like Marco Rubio and Kirsten Gillibrand as like co-sponsors, then Biden signed it. This happened? That means things to me. It's bipartisan. Republicans and Democrats usually don't like do shit together unless it's for like, you know, corporations that make lots of money. Mm-hmm. So it's weird that they're like, yeah, aliens, what's that about? It made it easier for whistleblowers to come forward without retaliation. Uh, still, Grush left the government this year to further this cause. Again, I'm just 
crassly touching on some of the basics here. But let's get back to the article. Quote, His assertion concerning the existence of a terrestrial arms race occurring sub rosa over the past 80 years focused on reverse engineering technologies of unknown origin is fundamentally correct. As is the indisputable... I'm sorry. As is the indisputable realization that at least some of these technologies of unknown origin derive from non-human intelligence. Um, That's a quote from Carl Nell, retired army colonel who worked with the I worked with Grush on the UAP task force. I mean, okay. Is this our reality? Mm-hmm. The Defense Department refused to let Grush share any pictures, which kind of implies he has pictures. He kept trying to show them. They were like, no, 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 no. They're like, no, no, no. De- no, no. This, like, de- no de- declassify. I mean, this cannot be declassified. This is under wraps. Um. When one of his reports got released, there's like a thing where like they're like, yeah, you can re- release all these things, but it's not. There's no pictures, nothing, no audio, just in print. The fact that he might have pictures of aliens or non-human, which I just the term does so much for me. It's it makes alien. me so happy. Well, it's alien, but I mean, non-human. It's, it's non-human. So it could be terrestrial. It certainly could be. <laughs> So it could be those uh, squid. Oh, you make me so happy. No, I dropped my phone. Sorry, squid people make me drop my phone. <laughs> um, yeah, weird that you think I would talk about them in this episode. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> from another article that got my attention, um, from a public article, that's like the name of the place, featured on public.substack.com, written by Michael... Schellenberger, some of the people public interviewed said, and this is from the article, I know of at least 12 to 15 craft, said one person who said they shared the information with AARO and Congress. Every five years we get one or two recovered for one reason or another from either a landing or that we catch or they just crash. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, right? What? A different contractor said there were at least four morphologies, different structures. Six were in good shape. Six were not in good shape. There were cases where the craft landed and the occupants left the craft unoccupied. Again, okay. There have been high level people, including generals who have placed their hand on the craft and I would have no reason to disbelieve them. Hmm. I don't know. Do we need to pause for reflection for a second or do you want me to keep going just real quick? Just keep going. Okay. One source described having seen three kinds of craft, including one shaped like a triangle and another that looked like a chopped up helicopter with the front bubble of a Huey helicopter with the plastic windows or more like a deep sea submarine With a thick piece of glass bubble shaped, and where the tail rudder should have been, it was a black egg shaped pancake. And instead of landing gear, it had upside down ram horns that went from the top to the bottom and rested on the ends of the horns. What the fuck? Now, somebody. Um, what is an egg shaped pancake? I'm going to show you because somebody's like, well, I took this description and kind of rendered it to think, to kind of imagine what this might look like. That's the picture I have to show for you. So give me one quick second. Okay. Because, I mean, hello. And also just the, the off sense of like, yeah, one was like a triangle, but one is just fucking crazy looking. <laughs> you can see it across the table. Otherwise, I can text it to you. But this is what it looks like. It's got what kind of what's okay. described. Yeah. Now, between you and me, if this thing is like flying around, that could be a tic tac. Sure. Fast enough. Mm-hmm. God only knows what the fucking pancake does. It reminds me of like the, uh, you know, like the sonar planes with the giant disc on top. Yeah, kind of like that. Kind of, yeah. The bubble and the, it's hard to see, but like those are the little like landing gear like hooks. Mm-hmm. What are we doing here? I mean, what? All right. The sources said they felt compelled to speak up publicly to validate Grush's claims, but did not want their names used. 
they go on to say, we have non-disclosure agreements or secrecy agreements that we are supposed to take to the grave, said one person. Two of the three sources declined to answer certain questions, even off the record, out of concern for their safety and continued access to information. I briefed the Senate Intelligence Committee, the Senate Armed Services Committee, and RO, and so that information is out there, the person said. What Grush did was the first giant step to get the information out. I'd say, yeah, this is a kind of a leap. The sources said that the Pentagon and military contractors keep the non-human spacecraft in different locations, including Area 51 in Nevada, and that they move the craft around to different facilities, both military bases and contractor facilities for research. How much do those fucking contractor jobs pay? Jesus Christ. A lot. Check this out. Oh, my God. The sources differed on whether the U.S. was able to operate them. Um, somebody would go on to say in the article, as far as I know, we are not able to operate them, said one person who said they were last briefed on the crashed craft five years ago. There are people who say we have reverse engineered them and are flying them. I never found any support for that and found a lot of support for saying we can't figure it out. If we do, it would be in some program at a higher security level. Others said that the U.S. has been able to fly at least one of their retrieved craft. Uh, this is a quote. Some of the tech is very cutting edge, said a source, and they have traveled. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they have uh, traveled to places like Italy, Belgium, and Indonesia to do test, um, to do flight testing. It's worldwide. Some of our allies know about the programs. The clandestine places that they work out of have grown larger. So let's, I'm going to pause this for a second because I want some of this delicious ham taro. Okay. If we acknowledge like this is real. Mm-hmm. What? Right? Like. Well, at least they're not just saying only the U.S. has found them now. Because no, that, yeah. That seems unlikely to me. No, it's like a whole. Maybe we're the only ones that have collected them because we're just like, no, we're going to come take that. You know, I mean, we have bases all over the world. Yeah, I could see that. But I mean, you could even invent some kind of conspiracy of like, why have we maintained our presence all over the world? Maybe it's for shit like this, not just global defense. Have people around just to check things out? Sure. Maybe. maybe. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of uh, in this this discussion. Maybe. Maybe. It goes on to discuss how the AARO All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, the task force tasked with investigating this, has Article 10 security clearance. But this stuff being shut down by people, um, but this stuff is being shut down by people with what is called an Article 50 clearance. So there's like a tug of war at play where one side is basically super tugging and steamrolling efforts to be more transparent. I regret typing super tugging. but the I, point, I regret hearing it. Fine, but, the, <laughs> but the point is... Um, you know, it's a bureaucracy at work. Like you can't talk about this. So in the people investigating this are getting, you know, even rickrolled by the people who could actually give them the answers they need. Mm-hmm. Now, as I took this fun dive for the past week, I learned something I had not known previously. I mean, I learned a lot this past week because I mean, I, I don't have article 10 or article 50 clearance. So this is all new to me. That being said, um, in the debrief article, something jumped out at me that I had not come across in my previous uh, UAP dives, and I've done a couple. Mm-hmm. This is this quote from the debrief article. The task force was established to investigate what were once called unidentified flying objects, or UFOs, and are now officially called unidentified anomalous phenomena, a UAP. We both knew that. Yep. The task force was led by the Department of the Navy under the office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security. It has since been reorganized and expanded into the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office to include investigations of objects operating underwater. Mm-hmm. What? That's why they changed it from UFO, so we stopped thinking of it as alien. Right. And stop thinking of the skies. Yeah. It's been a slow burn to put things focused more toward the waters. Zach. Octopus people. Mm-hmm. 
Which brings me to what I want to talk about next. Kind of what I want to get to. This will be a little refresher for anyone who's like new to the podcast, who hasn't dove into our episodes about the waters and the depths of things we don't know about. The water. The ocean, specifically. Does it make more sense for exotic crafts to be built from a galaxy away? Or for them to be built by the closest life-sustaining planet we know of? That's right, this one, Earth. We addressed this before, but what if the crafts that have been seen are not from above, but below? What if the advanced civilization we have been looking for has evolved parallel to ours, but within the ocean, right here? And what is one of the most intelligent creatures down there? Cephalopods, your squids, your octopuses. What if alien life isn't so alien after all? Yeah, it's like in Star Wars how the Naboo people lived on the planet's surface and the Gungans lived in the waters. We're looking for Earth Gungans. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jar Jar Inks. You're killing me. I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm literally dead. <laughs> you said Judge Inks. <laughs> Give me a second. Oh man! <laughs> oh well, that's Dick. That's Zach, and I'm Nick. Stay spooky, everybody. We're just, <laughs> we're done here. All right. Okay. All right. Well, that's fucking incredible. Um. Yeah. So to that same point, I mean, what if UAPs are the result of a highly advanced octo-utopian society exploring the Earth like we have explored space? They're highly malleable bodies, perfect for grappling with the intense G-forces and gravity-defying aerobatics that have been reported. All right. Let's move a little bit here, too. We're going to keep on pushing this, this, just these things. Anyways, what if this genetic lineage was cordoned off from even this evolutionary offshoot? What if instead of a highly advanced Atlantean society, cephalopods evolved into something else entirely, something more barbaric, more monstrous. I mean, I could talk about uh, underwater octopus people for years. I have and I will. But what if fate took us in a different direction? What if I told you Russian scientists drilled deep within the ice of Antarctica and they discovered a vicious cephalopodian beast that slayed... Cthulhu? I mean, maybe. Again, a lot of this episode is like, Maybe. That slayed three of their colleagues and outside of one whistleblower were forced into silence by their nefarious government. Hmm. Would you believe this story? Yeah. That's well, good. parts of it. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Quote, the discovery of such unusual life in Lake either Vostok or Vostok, V-O-S-T-O-K. Vostok. Vostok was the most important scientific breakthrough in decades but we were ordered not to divulge it because of Mr. Putin's sinister scheme, claimed the mutinous scientist, Dr. Badalka. He said it was a 33-foot-long squid with some other intriguing variations when compared to your traditional cephalopod. Laser goggles. How many arms does like an octopus have? Eight. This thing had 14 arms. That is a... Do quadrahedron. I don't know. I made that up. I like it. It's something like that, though. Please look up. What is yeah? What is the name for fourteen? Because that is that. That's what I want to call this thing for the rest of the episode. I don't even know what to search for that. Um, what's the name of a shape with fourteen sides? Which is an insane sentence to type. I mean, this is absolutely crazy. Tetradecahedron. Cephatetradecahedron? No, that's nonsense. Well, yeah, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, well, like your standard dude, it uses its arms, beak, and, you know, potentially paralyzing saliva to render its prey inert. But it was also said to do this, quote, it is able to paralyze prey at a distance of up to 150 feet by releasing its venom into the water from an organ similar to its ink sac. A like, venom? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, so like, like, ah. Yeah. That's how it goes. Expl- uh, explain Dr. Padlaka. Padlaka? Tragically, my colleague and lifelong friend, Dr. Vindogradov, was killed this way. He tread water wearing a blissful smile as the organism approached him. They had like water suits and shit. We watched helplessly as it used its arms to tear off his head, then popped his remains in its mouth. Yummy. It was as if it had hypnotized him. Or he was probably just he was fucking shit in his pants. Nah, man. It, it, used, it obviously used its telepathy. I mean, maybe. Obviously. Sure. They dubbed it Organism 46B. Okay. The terror continued. Quote, many species of octopus can alter their appearance, usually to avoid larger predators, Dr. Pedalk explained. Sacks of colored pigments called chromatophores allow them to change colors, and by contracting their muscles, they can blend in with the smooth ocean floor or a craggy coral reef. I included this stuff because just to remind people, like, what octopuses can do, you know? Mm-hmm. The well-known mimic octopus can contort its boneless body to take on the shape of a sea snake or stingray. Yeah, do you know octopus people or octopus things are shapeshifters? Well, they are. Mm-hmm. But the shape-shifting abilities of organism 46B sound almost diabolical. That's still from the article. Uh, quote. And I, I use the term article loosely, but we'll get to that. It shaped itself into the form of a human diver. Weird. It became a person. Zach, it's a person. We thought it was one of my colleagues swimming towards us in scuba gear. It became a person in scuba gear. By the time the closest scientist realized what it was, it had grabbed him and torn him to bits. After a sole female researcher chopped off one of the arms with an axe, the severed limb yanked the weapon out of her hands, recalled the scientist. That night, the arm slithered, its, slithered onto the icy bank where we were sleeping. The severed arm. And strangled her. Well, that's not good. That's bad. But they eventually managed to outwit the creature, and they admitted it was basically as intelligent as a human. But basically. Was, that's a wide... Very. They thought it was like a human intelligence. Okay. Like I mean, average human intelligence just, or just, just human. in general? Human. I know. There's some smarties. It's a low bar. There's some smarties and there's some dum-dums. We've all met both. hmm But then they were sworn to secrecy. I mean, there's other crazy story. I mean, there's other crazy stuff in the story, but, oh, you know. So is this story real? Is it fake? I mean, it was posted to Facebook and was then flagged by Facebook as misinformation. Well, who knows? Zuckerberg might be a cephalopod. Hadn't thought about that. Mm-hmm. Zucker? It's like suckers on like a tentacle. Because octopuses, when they become people, just use like puns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they use English puns for their names mm-hmm. and they can't help themselves. Yeah. Nobody will see this coming. Yeah. Mark? Yeah, Zuckerberg, mm-hmm. Zuckerberg, it's all there. Yeah, it's all right there. Through between the lines. We were just, you know, just hypothesizing, thinking of ideas. Who's to say if he is hypothetically an octopus person? Could be. Maybe. Well, it was posted to his beautiful platform, Facebook. And he took it down. He did take it down personally, and then the internet he did take it down personally. He's like, "Get it off there." What are they calling my friend? Organism forty six B. His name's Jeff. Well, that's not an octopus pun. The point is, the internet went wild because it does that. Yep. Well, you know, weird again. This fascination with wild, super advanced, undiscovered squid things that the greater population might have. But anyways, um, so it was like shared on Facebook, posted like a news article, and then people were like, 
Oh. That's just Facebook. It's just Facebook doing its thing. Mm -hmm. But the internet also does what it does. And PolitiFact, among many other places, outed it as a made-up story. Which, you know, should have been pretty obvious. I mean, the Facebook post had been taken down. And the copy I found was found on um, ForsythStories.com and has been credited and written by C. Michael Forsyth, who previously wrote um, for Weekly World News. Nice. Do you miss that paper? I do. Yeah, kind of. I think my favorite article was... I think I follow them on Instagram. They still exist? Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite articles was like... Um, it's like the Bat Boy stuff, right? Exactly, 100%. Yeah, they're on Instagram. <laughs> you can follow them. The internet before the internet. Yeah. But one of my favorite stories was about like finding Saddam Hussein's... I mean, you've seen, I know for sure you've seen it because I showed it to you back like forever ago, that, that we found Saddam Hussein's like weapons of mass destruction, and it was just velociraptors with rockets strapped to the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. It made me so happy. Um, yeah, good times. But people were always... They, they always believed tabloid shit, even before Facebook, and heck, they still do. Mm-hmm. But it's because people want to believe. Mm-hmm. People want to believe we're not alone. That this earth is more fantastic than it is. But really, you don't have to exaggerate. The earth is pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, for starters, like Vostok is real. And the Russians have been there. It's directly below their Antarctic base. Vostok Station... Um, was established in 1957. A years later, the enormous lake was discovered below, you know, the Antarctic surface. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ice. It's like miles of ice, like four miles. I'm sure I stayed in here, but it's like a buried lake within the ice. And in 2012, scientists finally drilled through the ice to reach the lake. From a spaceref.com article called Russian scientists penetrate Antarctic subglacial lake Vostok for the first time. From February 2012. Allison Murray, molecular microbiologist, microbial ecologist at the Desert Research Station in Reno, Nevada, who has studied frozen life on Antarctica's surface valleys, had this to say about investigating Lake Vostok. Drilling into Lake Vostok presents probably the most complicated of subglacial lakes to access. Due to the long duration of the drilling project, depth of ice, and movement of the ice, sheets overlaying the lake, she added, even though the real advances in science following penetration of Lake Vostok and accessing water samples remain to be seen, this is a significant mark in history and will open doors to understanding past climate, life, and adaptations required for survival in this massive isolated body of water. So what is down there? I asked to the greater universe. Nothing good. It's got to be evil, Right. Right. In the same article, the bad guys are finding it. The bad guys, the Russians, they're oh the bad guys God. always in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> movies are real life. Yeah, it's real to me, damn it. Even the scientists suffering alone in Antarctica. Yeah. Well, anyways, this been a lot. One of them's listening to our podcast, being like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> I mean, there's been never mind talk of Russian suffering in cold places. That's uh, in the same article via a BBC report. Valery Lukin, director of Russia's Arctic and Antarctic Research Institute in St. Petersburg, said, This fills my soul with joy. This will give us the possibility to biologically evaluate the evolution of living organisms because those organisms spent a long time without contact with the atmosphere. Oh, shit. Without sunlight. Water vampires? Something weird's going to happen. Sure sounds like whatever could live down there could be pretty interesting. Otherworldly, even. So, what is like Vostok, and why does it exist like it does? Xenomorphs. Oh my God! Can you imagine face huggers in the ocean? Mm-hmm. They're kind of octopusian. It's not a good word either. <laughs> Don't like it. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, that's vaguely octopusian. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to say? Octopusian. That's not better. No. The lake is cut off from the rest of the world and is replenished by meltwater from the ice that surrounds it. This both means the water could be mere thousands of years old or truly ancient. It is believed on the low end that the lake was frozen over 15 million years ago. This is where Cthulhu lives. This is Ra- Raleigh. 
could be. There's a lot of lakes in Antarctica that are like kind of frozen over. This one's fucking huge. I think it's like the 16th largest lake in the world. And I mean, the world's got a lot of lakes. So like top 20 is pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> right. We live next to a big one. We live next to like, there's like five great ones like right here. Yeah. Pretty big. I don't know about great. They haven't done much for me. <laughs> I know. Fuck them. Right. Subpar lakes. Am I right? <laughs> Decent lakes. Who made Called you great. Okay, gr- pretty all right in my book. Pretty all right, legs. <laughs> Can you imagine looking at a map? It's pretty all right. Cross are great. But pretty pretty all right. right. Like, not bad. Yeah. Passable. Yeah. That's a passable lake. From a LiveScience.com article um, called What is Lake Vostok Citing? Other sources. The article is called What is Lake Vostok? Quote, a geothermal heat from the earth keeps the temperature of the lake water hovering around 27 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, which would be minus 3 degrees Celsius. That's how that works out. According to a 2001 review article in the journal Nature, the weighty pressure of the overlying ice changes the melting point of water and keeps the lake liquid despite its below freezing temperatures. I was just going to say, I was really confused right. by those numbers. It's a weird thing that's going on down there, which again, that's weird anyways. Yeah. Uh, which keeps it below freezing temperatures, according to World Atlas. All right. So how do we know Lake Vostok looks... No, how do we know what Lake Vostok looks like? Seismic surroundings and ice penetrating radar is what they use. It has also been described as, quote, the deep and shallow regions of the lake are separated by a ridge. Um, some, ti- some scientists think the ridge could be a hydrothermal vent Similar to the ocean floor, black smokers that are known to team with tube worms. Popular science reported. Tube worms in Antarctica? Freaky. But what else could be down there? Um, from an NBC News article titled, Antarctica's Lake Vostok to be teeming with live. Quote, more than 3,500 different DNA sequences were identified in samples extracted from layers of ice that have built up just above the surface of the lake. About 95 from the ice? Yeah. Hmm. About 95% of them were associated with types of bacteria. 5% of them had the hallmarks of more complex organisms known as eukaryotes. That's how it's pronounced. Eukaryotes? Well, that's I, how it's spelled, so that's what we're going to go with. I know what it is. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's good stuff. And two of the sequences were linked to a distinct class of one-celled organisms called archaea. The sequences included close matches for various types of fungi, as well as arthropods, springtails, water fleas, and a mollusk. Maybe this is a mollusk. It's like one specific kind. Just one guy. Just one guy. One mollusk. Um, what's uh, more, some of the bacteria from the sample are typically found in fish guts, suggesting that the fish they came from may be swimming around in the lake. Meaning that there's even more to discover. Correct. What kind of fish? There are fish down here? I mean, it's pretty deep. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have all Googled pictures of deep sea fish and how insane they look. Yep. So again. They look pretty alien. They certainly do. Again, pretty uh, otherworldly looking. So, like, what would these ones look like? Quote. Um, I'm not going to describe the fish, but we'll keep, keep... Imagine, is my point. While the current conditions are different than earlier in its history, the lake seems to have maintained a surprisingly diverse community of organisms, the researchers wrote. Uh, these organisms may have slowly adapted to the changing conditions in Lake Vostok during the past 15 to 35 million years as the lake converted from a terrestrial system to a subglacial system. So, like, you know, how did they, at some point things stopped coming in from the atmosphere and it was just there. Mm-hmm. Left to do its thing, if you will. A significant number of the sequences were linked to organisms that lived around deep sea hydrothermal vents, suggesting that such features exist at the bottom of Lake Vostok as well. Hydrothermal vents could provide sources of energy and nutrients vital for organisms living in the lake, the researchers said. Now, the author of the article, Alan Boyle, had this to add to the article as an update. Uh, the researchers focused on the DNA sequences they could, re, uh, they could recognize and not the ones that they couldn't. But that doesn't necessarily mean the unrecognized sequences are exotic forms of life. Also, it's possible that life forms could have gotten into Lake Vostok during the past 15 million years. I mean, maybe something like made its way through the ice or just like one off. Yeah, like we don't, what, Optimus Prime? Or not? 
which, 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 which one was in the ice in the movie? In the first movie, uh, it was Megatron. Megatron, yeah. Yeah, so maybe there's a fucking Cybertronian that's stashed down there because he was looking for the AllSpark yeah. to bring life to his foreign metallic world. Imagine looking for aliens. You just find this robot creature. Like, oh, my goodness. Didn't see that coming. That's, that's what happened in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then he burns on the location of things under your glasses, and you become a crazy person. Yeah. And then your great-great-grandson befriends a Camaro and has adventures. Y- yep. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, previously, they had initially thought the lake was sterile, but it's not. Sure shit ain't. To put it plainly, there is shit down there. But as scientists explore this lake and it teaches us more about, uh, about our Earth and what lurks below, what if one of the benefits of researching this buried body of water is that it can teach us about lives above us, way above us? What if we can learn stuff from Earth about space? Yeah, I mean, if it's way far in space, what yeah. are you thinking? What are you thinking? We're going to go to some places here. Oh, okay, I think we're going different places than I was thinking. Oh, where are you going? I'll tell you where well, I'm I was going thinking. After. Back in the past, of like when things were still forming, they could be trapped down there still, depending on how old it is. Hundred percent. Anything could be down there. Yeah. Okay. Literally anything could be down there, and they don't know what's at it's the bottom. Isolated. So maybe there's like there's like vents and stuff, or like maybe things can come and go from this lake. Mm-hmm. Weird connection. Um, it's like I mean, some people took the. Uh, the post with the uh, organism 46B is like, you know, Jules Verne shit, like center of the earth type stuff, mm-hmm. you know, cultures and stuff down there. But what if there are like weird tunnels in the ice down there? Or, like whatever, you know what I mean? Like, again, they've like shot the sound down there to like map it, but like, you know, you don't know for sure. Right. We still don't know what creatures are down there, to be honest. But we're going to go to space. And in particular, Jupiter's moon Europa and Saturn's moon Enceladus. Enchilada? Oh, Zach. There's a reason why we're friends. Here's a little thing. Also, after writing that moon's name, you know, seeing it and saying it, I had to talk my brain out of writing enchiladas. (laughs) (laughs) I could go for some enchiladas. I mean, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe more moons should be named after delicious treats. I don't know. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to travel to Tostada? Yeah. Guacamole. Mm hmm. Quesadilla. Quesadilla. The Quesadillans are coming. (laughs) Or Crunchwrap Supremus. All right. Anyways, both Enceladus, I mean, again, it's just chef's kiss. Enceladus and Europa are ice moons. Ice and water means that when it comes to living things, it's good shit. Uh, Here's some quick descriptions of Enceladus uh, via Wikipedia. Enceladus is the sixth largest moon of Saturn. It's the 19th largest in the solar system. It's a factoid for you. It's about 500 kilometers, 310 miles in diameter. And it's a tenth of that of Saturn's largest moon, Titan. Enceladus is mostly covered by fresh, clean ice, making it one of the most reflective bodies of the solar system. Its surface temperature at noon reaches only minus 198 degrees celsius it's a little chilly yeah it's not great you know for the americans among us um that's me and me it's minus 324 degrees fahrenheit so like i said pretty cold that'll do um far colder than a light absorbing body would be despite its small size enceladus has a wide range of surface features ranging from old Heavily cratered regions to young, tectonically deformed terrain. Wow. It's a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I figured we'd just explore Enceladus a little bit because I never really thought about that moon. So, Enchiladas. Enchiladas. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Mm-hmm. What a delicious ice moon. I mean, I just can't. I'm just. The goddamn case of Dylan's. Some more information that came from a probe investigating the moon. Uh, plumes venting from the South Polar region. Uh, cryo-volcanoes. Cryo-volcanoes. I love a good cryo-volcano. So this is like shooting out. It's near the South Pole. It shoots out geyser-like jets of water vapor, molecular hydrogen, other volatiles, and solid material, including sodium chloride crystals and ice particles into space. 
totaling about 440 pounds per second. Was sodium chloride salt? Mm. Am I wrong on that? <clears throat> Either way, it sounds wild. Yeah, look it's it just up. spewing out all these yeah. crazy things that is not how we typically right. envision right. Uh, fucking Got, volcano. Yeah, exactly. Cryovolcanoes are it's salt. An, it's an amazing term. I was thinking right that, but I was distracted by the fact that um, the water vapor falls back to uh, the surface as, you know, it basically becomes like snow. So imagine like hmm. water shooting up and then that creates like the snow. Then of course it falls on the surface and, you know, kind of hangs out there because it's minus 300 and some degrees Fahrenheit. Which uh, not dissimilar to how comets are made up. In 2014, NASA reported that Cassini had found that was the probe, had found evidence for a large South Polar subsurface ocean of liquid water with a thickness of around six miles. The existence of Enceladus subsurface ocean has since been mathematically modeled and replicated. Let's jump to Europa. Europa, you know, you know Earth has a moon? Yep. Yeah, Europa is smaller than that. Okay. Not too much smaller, but like similar, but not as big. Not as cool. Not as cool, because Luna is the shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Europa is made of silicate rock and has a water ice crust and probably an iron nickel core. I'll take their assumptions at face value. It is a very thin atmosphere composed primarily of oxygen. Interesting. I breathe that, and so do you. Its white beige surface is striated, striated by light tan cracks and streaks. But craters are well, they're few. Um, so they keep looking at Europa. Uh, probes fly by. They check it out. Um, they've been checking that shit out since like the 1970s. Europa has the smoothest surface of any known solid object in the solar system. Hmm. Way to go, Europa. Nice job, Europa. Good job. Um, the apparent youth and smoothness of the surface have led to the hypothesis that a water ocean exists beneath the surface. And maybe Wikipedia's just having fun. Which could conceivably harbor extraterrestrial life. Well, I mean, it could... Certainly could. Water means life. And bacteria still counts. Certainly does. Now, from an NBC article by Nola Taylor-Reed, Lake Vostok can help us with exploration of icy Jupiter moon. When it comes to Europa, there's no better analog on Earth than Lake Vostok. Kevin Han, deputy chief scientist of solar system exploration for NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, told Space.com, in both cases, the liquid water envelope trapped beneath the ice is cut off from the sun. Roughly the size of Lake Ontario, the liquid Lake Vostok lies beneath two miles of ice. Its chilly depths could mirror the oceans of Europa, whose icy surface is up to 10 miles thick. That's a lot of miles. Mm-hmm. Now, the depth of Lake um, Vostok isn't the only parallel to the Jovian moon. Samples of ice from the top of the lake reveal that iron and sulfur play a significant role in its ecosystem. The, ke- the surface chemistry of Europa is riddled with sulfur. Um, he goes on to say that chances are that sulfur is going to be an important component for how that ecosystem survives. Interesting. The article goes on to say, The icy moon boasts two to three times the amount of water found on Earth, water that has most likely been liquid since the birth of the solar system. Because hmm. water on Earth played a vital role in the evolution of life, scientists hope that its presence on other planets yeah, could maybe, you know, do the same thing. Water means life. Water is life. Right. Europa is the premier place to search for the second origin of life in the solar system. Han said, if we do find a living ecosystem in Lake Vostok, and learning about what makes that ecosystem tick, what allows that life to arise and thrive, could provide guidance for how to look for and understand the potentially habitable environment of Europa. And then I found this other article. Uh, it's a Daily Galaxy article. I included it because it's called Saturn's Moon Reveals a Second Genesis, which is bold, huge. Yeah, okay. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and my left out could, because again, this topic, a lot of maybes. 
Should we ever discover that a second genesis has occurred in our solar system, independently outside the Earth, said Carolyn Porco of the Space Science Institute in 2010, when she was director of flight operations and imaging team leader for the Cassini spacecraft during its flybys of Saturn's moon, uh, Enceladus. Then I think at that point the spell is broken. The existence um, theorem has been proven. And we could safely infer that it from it that life was not a bug but a feature of the universe in which we live that it's commonplace and has occurred a staggering number of times all right now if we fast forward to today uh, scientists have so far identified 101 geysers and enceladus or you know cryovolcanoes and feel it's safe to call them that since yeah we've heard that already Mm -hmm. Um, papers were published about you know the connections between geysers, tidal stresses, and thermal emissions at the South Pole of Enceladus um, go on to say that they're using that, you know, the geysers were found using similar ways to find them on Earth. Pointing. Mm-hmm. Hey, look. Hey. What's that? <laughs> it's a geyser. Uh, the work also indicates that water contained in Enceladus subsurface ocean might remain liquid as it passes up through the icy shell to the surface. There's water down there. Quote, this is from that NBC article that I talked about previously. Imagine the challenge of drilling on a small, frozen, distant world orbiting Jupiter, Hans said. We need, it to, we need to get it done robotically, without humans along to bang a hammer into the machine and get it working. So, like, if it fucks up, it fucks up. Mm-hmm. Unless we build better robots. I think we're working on that, though. I think we're working on building real smart robots. Probably too smart. Very smart. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Intelligent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure the robots would feel fine about being sent to a uh, cold place to do jobs for us. So anyways, they wouldn't feel good about that, probably, if they can feel it all, which they would be able to because they can learn, and that's just what we're doing. The biggest challenge to exploring the solar system is money, he said. The technology is waiting in labs all around the country, but there is no political or financial means to get it done. The last part is obviously something we're familiar with, everybody. Mm -hmm. After all, our current world only exists to increase profits and hoard wealth. But hey, but imagine the discoveries that could be made. Imagine what we could find if we put some real oomph into it, exploring these water moons. And to play with certain possibilities and perhaps wrangle all these topics that I've been talking about together. What if the UFO UAP activity on Earth isn't from space at all, but from a secret advanced civilization of highly evolved octopus people living within unexplored areas of our oceans. And what if exploring these frozen lakes in Antarctica is preparing us for finding life in our solar system? What if all these things are preparing us for the real first contact? What if we use the technology of octopus people to explore space in the frozen moons within our solar system? Supposedly, if the whistleblower is to be believed, the United States has at least, you know, a dozen downed crafts and has reverse engineered tech from them. And I saw in one article that, like, maybe, like, malleable metal, like... Tinfoil? Super bendy metal was engineered from these things, so maybe they're made out of (laughs) tinfoil. Yeah. Um, And if, and, you know, maybe the other world powers are doing the same. But not as a global Illuminati cabal, but in order to better serve their self-interests, like it just aligns to keep it secret. They're not working together, but it's just like, I ain't going to, this is my shit. Yeah. I ain't going to tell you what I have, and you're going to tell me what you have. But they uh, all kind of know. I haven't seen any of those. Yeah, what do you mean? Giant flying Tic Tacs with like helicopter, like helicopters and, um, you know, none of those pancake ships? You don't happen to have triangles, do you? Oh, no, 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 no. It's like a big game of Go Fish. Do you happen no, to have no. any triangles? Go Fish. Yeah. Do you have any Tic Tacs with pancakes? I'll oh, go fish. But I mean, if all of this is real, if all that UAP stuff is coming out, I mean, what if are we? I mean, living a sci-fi novel? I hope so. That'd be cool. I mean, what is happening? And this episode's going to come out in like a couple weeks. Will we have found out by then? I hope so. By the I time hope this everybody's Octopus yeah, aliens. Idiot. You, didn't you see, guys are late. You didn't see fucking, uh, well, you know, you know what he's called, the leader of these people. You didn't see Zuckerberg let his tentacles down? 
I wanted all your faces. Oh my God, you wanted what? I wanted to become you. I am. I like sweet baby rays. I'm an octopus. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm human, I swear to God. <laughs> the gods you believe in, the gods I believe in. Oh boy. I mean, what? I'm from the ocean. Maybe Cthulhu. I mean, coming here to just melt all our minds. Frozen Antarctic oceans, and we don't totally know what's in there. I mean, that's a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so who knows? Or, but I mean, or Jar Jar Hanks. <laughs> I mean, the amount of self control it took not to just keep saying that name. <laughs> I was just like, Zuckerberg and Jar Jar Hanks come out. We're a team. You said Jar Jar Hanks. All right. He just shapeshifts into Zuckerberg. We're all the same. Mm-hmm. Worship us. All right. Okay. That's great. But yeah, so I mean, like Vostok. And then I had, when I was doing this, I had, I was sent the, uh, the organism 46B. I'm like, well, that's fucking crazy. And like, oh, it's just a, what wild, worth talking about. Mm-hmm. It's a fun story. Cause I mean, I love weekly world news. I miss it. Well, but I guess it's you still can, around. You can you follow it on me. Instagram. Yeah, you told me I get to get to follow that as soon as we're done recording this. And then there's all the UAP stuff because it's nice to check in. And that shit's crazy, Zach. Mm-hmm. What? These are things you just say? And like, you know, I'm just saying it's weird. Yeah, it this is weird. It's all coming out. And yep. then like a, a skeptics, um, like well, this is coming out to like distract us from stuff. Well, I'm like, okay. If like they're pulling out aliens to distract us from stuff, what's coming? That's weird too. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do we do like, if we're pulling out these guns? Yeah, every government's just like collecting alien ships, and uh, we're just using it to uh, make stuff. And um, don't pay attention to to what? <laughs> what else is coming? Yeah, what's what's the real bad thing? Yeah, then? what's yeah, what's the big no no? If this is just a little oopsie doodle, what's the big no no? That's my question to end this episode. Yeah. If this is just the oopsie doodle, what is the big no-no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just figured that was you know my week in research. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Like Vostok, all that stuff. Cool. Yeah, decent. Yeah. I figured you might have come across some of the alien stuff, so I'm glad you hadn't, just so I could like tell you. Not this week. Not this time. There's like articles, and then like other people are coming out. There was one guy who um, supposedly, I think he was in Afghanistan, I think. But, like, he saw, like, the U.S., like, use one of these crafts that, like, came over. He just came out saying it, and, like, he's not, like, a lunatic. You know what I mean? That he saw them use a craft, and he didn't have his phone on him. He wasn't allowed. And, then like, they threatened, like, don't tell anybody about this. And, hmm. and I guess there's been crazy shit over Vegas, too. Like, like police body cams have, like, shown stuff. Hmm. And they, like, cordoned off an area. So I don't know, man. It's weird. It is weird. You saw a rocket a few weeks ago. What is that? I did see that. In that was, Joliet? That was weird. So, like, I don't know, man. You never want to get your hopes up for anything like this. But it's weird. It is weird. And you got to just take that yeah. weirdness and ponder it. You do, which is, I mean, what we do here. So, if you've seen a UAP, and when I saw in the article, like, and an underwater craft, you know, I'm like, oh, <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I have a, I'm not going to say I have a dog in this race, but I might have a squid. Yeah. Just, just saying. Yep. So, yeah, if you've seen anything weird, just let us know. Always let it. I mean, even just whatever. Weird and Feared Podcast at gmail.com. Um, follow us on Instagram, Weird and Feared. Um, support us on the Patreon.com slash Weird and Feared, where we post behind the veil content. There'll be a big, uh, Behind the veil. That's where me and Zach just kind of keep talking afterwards. You saw that preview last week. Um, you know, if you just want more content, hear us, you know, shooting the stuff. That's there for you. And then leave us a review wherever you find a podcast and you have that option. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. Hell yeah. And, uh, you know, look above, but also look below. Yep. The water. Don't go in the water. Be careful. All right, guys. Stay safe. And stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky. Mm-hmm.